Welcome back, folks, to episode 23 of the Running Man Self-Regulation Skills and Self-Improvement Project podcast with me, your host, Dr. Armando Dominguez, Ph.D. in Health Psychology, Licensed Professional Counselor, and an adjunct professor at a local community college. So what we're going to be discussing today are some details on, well, how to get started in developing these self-regulation skills and knowing why they're so important and, reasonably speaking, how long will it take to develop these skills that will help me in my life, especially if I'm feeling stressed right now. Well, those are some of the things that we're going to discuss today. I'm also going to give you some encouragement and some steps to go about beginning the practice of gaining skills. Running Man Self-Regulation Skills Project has to do with something that we develop over time. And we're going to sophisticate these tools over time. But we start with sometimes just one skill at a time. Now, I'll give you a little bit of a story, and then we'll move forward. I've trained in martial arts for probably the better part of my adult life for the last 38 years. And during that time, I was always very meticulous about picking up new skills. If I wanted to add a skill, I would train it between six eight months. In addition to my other martial arts endeavors, I would focus on this one skill to gain skill. And once I got it comfy, I would add another. And I remember my teacher many years back told me, learn one new thing a day, and in a week you will know seven new things. Learn one thing every day for 30 days, you've learned 30 new things. Do this for a year, 365. Do this for 10 years and learn these things well, then you'll have added 3,650 new things. Now, this just gives us an idea and a lens on how to approach learning. And yes, we can learn quite a bit. And there are some skills that take a little longer. But the process of learning the beginnings of it requires that we start with the end of mind, which is, what's my goal? What is the end outcome? And then there's a temporal quality that we have to take into consideration when gaining skill. And that's that it's going to take time. And when it comes to self-regulation, let's say for anxiety in particular, or dealing with anger, these things aren't just going to go away because you apply a technique or a method. Now all of a sudden, boop, it's over. Now, the four-count breath is the fastest working of the tools that I teach, but it doesn't erase nor does it cure what goes on with the stress and anxiety. It just helps you manage what's going on when it's happening, whenever the poop is, for lack of a better term, it's actually hitting the fan, um, that's when it works best to help regulate so you can maintain as much of your problem-solving capacity as you can muster so you can make a change. Primary thing, get out of there, change the environment, because that's the most powerful behavioral adjustment tool that you can use, change the environment, because environment is influential on top of stopping the behavior. So time is going to pass anyway. One of my instructors in martial arts also told me, why don't you just go ahead and go for it? Whether you train for rank or skill, doesn't matter. Time's going to pass. Either way, may as well take something with you or gain something for the time pass versus just letting the time pass 
and leaving it in the realm of your mind and the thinking. And I tend to agree. So this is my encouragement to you and all those folks that are listening to this and those that will follow, those that will share this and get it to people that make make good benefit. And I hope there are many out there that do. Whenever working on self-regulation skills, pick one and work on it. Doesn't mean work on the other ones any less or don't work on until you get this one done. But pick one that you really want to work on that when you get it, move on to the next Some of these tools don't require weeks or months or years to get good at. The four-count breath, literally within about a week, if you do it regularly, you will start noticing immediate benefits and the sense of calm and general acquisition of capacity for resilience in stressful situations very short period of time. And I don't mean just do it once a day, but rather just whenever you have a chance, just put it to work. And that could be several times a day before you go to bed. When you're sitting down, when you're at the stoplight getting stressed, it won't put you to sleep, but it'll help you manage that. And you realize that much of our capacity to self-regulate is physical first. We work from the bottom up. We like to think that our brains control it from the top down. That is quite the fallacy as we're wired from the bottom up, truly from our enteric brain into our lower brain that has to deal with our autonomic and automaticity that occurs when we're under fight-or-flight stress. So we have to pay attention to the wisdom of the body. Whenever we train it, we have to practice by immersing ourselves in doing the behavior. Understandably, you strategically use your higher brain to make the decision, yes. When it's low stakes, yes, we can do that. When it's high stakes, good luck. So next thing. Whenever we're developing these skills, understand that they'll take time. Some of these will render you benefit over time by practice. And practice is conditioning. Just like Pavlov did with the pups and the meat powder getting them to salivate. We, as humans, depending on our environment, are being conditioned to respond in a certain way. And if we don't have another program, an adjunct program, or alternative or better response, we're going to keep resorting back to the program that we use most, that is most familiar and most practiced. So we always will fall to our lowest level of practice or training or repetition. And that's not always the best. But we do have a choice whenever we can start in training when things are low stakes, when it hasn't hit the fan. When you have the luxury of a moment here and there or a little time alone to be able to think it, to envision it, and to be able to practice the method. Nobody else has to be there and you don't have to worry about anyone judging you because it's not about that anyway. It's about, I don't like feeling like crap. I don't like feeling anxiety or stressed or angry or afraid. Now, fear is normal. We're not going to erase those things, but we don't want those things out of control. We want to be largely under control, where we can consciously choose what we're going to do in the next moment, even when it starts becoming stressful, such that that we use some of the environmental reading methods that I'd kind of mentioned in the earlier podcast to be able to give us time and distance, physical distance is time, in the material 3D body-to-body world. Space gives you time to run. So those are some important things to keep note of. So some ideas relative to gain a skill, repetition. We want to repeat. Know that whenever you commit to that, that's an important thing. But also know that you're going to lose something there. Not something that you have fear of loss about, but rather you're going to start losing those things that were making you uncomfortable. 
And that's the reactivity in our body. Now, the events on the outside, we may not be able to control very well, but we can control how we relate to them, how we believe things are, and how are they going to come out. Remember, our mind can progress from past to the immediate present to the near future and even predict a different future than what we've had in the past. And we can see it. We do that often enough Then we have the capacity to realize that not only do we envision, but we embody the capacity to be able to successfully do the new outcome. That's the use of a visualization without getting all woo-woo and close your eyes and using sage to smudge your house. This is a very practical tool. What we can see in our mind, we can do with our body in most cases, within reason. So, the very first thing I'd like to say about development of skill is that to get skills, you have to have repetition. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a cliche, and that is, if you look at these like drills, just like basketball dribbling drills, or baseball catch and throw drills, or passing drills when you're playing soccer or football, that means that there is some exercise and quotes involved. That means you're using this. You're exercising the idea of the method of behavior. And the way you gain skill is by doing the drill. So if you drill, that means that there's an assumption that we're going to repeat this, and it's considered practice. The more you practice it, the more natural it becomes. First nature is reflex. We can't get that good. That's our fear response. But we can get second nature, which resembles darn near reflex, that comes with practice. And yes, you can get that good to where you don't have to think it through step by step anymore. Sometimes you just have to get the intent and boom, it starts happening. And that's the level you want to get to. And over time you get that. So by doing the drills, you get the skills. If you don't do the drills, you don't get the skills. And you stay with the same discomfort of anxiety, stress, anger, upset, and reactivity that you had before, you've lost nothing. If anything, you might have gained some skill in that negative reactivity that makes you feel badly. Keep that in mind. This isn't a guilt or shame tool. This is a let's look at it the way it is talk that we're doing. Okay? So I'm in support of you. I know you can do it. You have the capacity to do this, and I'm encouraging you. So we're doing a little coaching today. The next thing to be able to do the drills and get the skills, you also have to give yourself a little grace and understand that when you start doing this, you're probably not going to be very skilled. Now, if you're listening to this, you're probably not at the unconscious incompetence level, but you very well could be at the conscious incompetent level because you're aware of it, because you're aware of the problem at the very least and know that there are things that can be done, but you just haven't done them yet. My goal is to get you to a, a level, at the very least, of conscious competence. That means I've done this, I'm aware of it, and I'm getting better at staving off the negative effects of those stressful, anxious events. My best hope is that you get to the higher level of unconscious competence, meaning these things happen automatically for you, that you very quickly go into the defense of using the tool, minimizing the problem, mitigating the issue, and moving forward with the least amount of effect, if any effect, and then living your life and having more choices and having ice cream and sandwiches at the end. That's the idea, friending and befriending. Once you're done with the difficult part, and there will be difficult parts, 
The next is development of transfer of training. Now, this is something where if you gain skill in an area and other semi-related areas get benefit. You get better at those, even though maybe you're not practicing directly. So what specifically do I mean by transfer of training? One of the things that happens whenever you have the transfer of training from the self-regulation skill, understand that uh, we're dealing with the foundation uh, of the stress, anxiety, fight, flight response in our body. And those things that we may stress with, such as maybe public speaking, communication with others, maybe dealing with conflict when the communication gets negative, will become better. The better you regulate yourself, and the more you can read and understand what's going on with the body language, the facial body language, and interpreting what's coming across early, you'll realize you'll be able to avert more stressful and negative circumstances. So transfer training, even though you may get gain skill in regulating your body, yourself, the way you're perceived will change. The way that you perceive environments will change as well because your eyes will change as a result of the level of control you have versus the level of stress you have, self-control. And that will make a very, very big difference. Whenever you have communication in an environment such as put on a PowerPoint presentation, maybe you don't like talking in front of crowds, but maybe you have to as a result of your job, and that happens a lot, understanding that if you can regulate that stress, you will be able to deliver a better presentation. It can help you in a professional endeavor. It can also help you in creating influence, positive influence, versus one wherever you would otherwise have to negotiate really hard. Sometimes our presence changes, and that is a transfer of training because our presence, the way we arrive, is very, very influential. Remember when we talked about how sensitive our eyes are, and that we could differentiate between a biological male and female at over 500 yards in a zero-degree flat plane, like the salt flats in Utah, where we might be the size of a little ant in the horizon, but yet we can tell the difference. Then our presence changes as a result, for instance, of the skill regulation, self-regulation skills rather, and then what happens? You're perceived differently. You're received differently, and your ideas and the way you speak and the things that you're saying are also regarded differently in a more positive sense, because you will also have a sense of not only presence, but confidence. Your delivery will sound more confident, and you'll be more calm, and you'll probably be speaking a little more slowly with a sense of time and timing whenever you're delivering your message. And those things will give someone the air of, this person has skill, I'm going to listen to them. There's a sense of authority that goes with that. So the transfer of training goes across several planes within just communication itself, within interaction, whenever you interact with another individual, as an individual one-on-one, that will be impacted as well, especially if there is a need to negotiate or a need to describe or explain Things will be received more effectively and with less contention in many cases. So when you arrive in a better space, in a better state, you'll be assumed to have traits of confidence, comfort, and authority that otherwise would have not been attributed to you just by the way you show up. So the transfer training, once again, just from the self-regulatory skills, has a great deal of effect 
that is really insanely useful in a number of ways. So definitely a lot of carry over there. So to reiterate a couple of things, whenever we start the ideas of using self-regulation to change things that are uncomfortable in my life, and we have an intent to do better, or we have that desire or want to feel better and have less discomfort, we have the intention basically in, a, in its root. The beginnings of starting with the end in mind, all we have to do is do it. Time will pass. Sometimes we just have to decide and know that, you know, what you're not going to be real skilled when you start, but you'll gain skill. You'll never be as bad the second time as you did the first time of whatever behavior you're doing, because you'll know a little more. So what if you fell in the hole? You got up. Now I know I can't play around the hole. I'll trip and fall in that. That is a gain of knowledge, foreknowledge, and also skill as well. And over time, we can gain the best benefit of repetition over time. So have a little faith in the practice. And the practice requires time and commitment. And I'm telling you right now that if you do not think you're worth that time, I'm telling you that you are. And I'm giving you the permission to have those failures, have the, this isn't so good, I'm not really skillful at this, feelings, and know that those things will pass in time. The idea is not to judge yourself so harshly, and you don't have to have a pat on the back to say, boy, keep going, good job. Just do it, because you know that you're worth it, and your future is worth it. And gaining the skills and self-regulation in particular will never stop serving you. And these tools, when I teach them, it's with this intent that if any of you never see me again or hear me again, but you gain something from this podcast, these skills will never stop serving you. They will never stop serving you as long as you use them and practice them and gain skill because you will always carry them with you. They will always be with you. And if you get to the point where you're comfortable with them, share them, teach them. These aren't mine to give. They're your genetic inheritance. These are things that we all share as humans. Give them away if you know it's going to help someone else become better, get better, do better, and heal themselves in their lives. These are important things. That being said, we're going to close this for now. I encourage you. I have nothing but faith in you as well. I know you can do this, and you can get better. And I certainly hope that you gain greater quantity of high quality things in your life over a long period of time and share those with the beloved so for now like follow share this podcast and if any of you want to reach out and talk to me send me some suggestions please do at the gmail running man get skills project at gmail and i would be happy to respond to you i certainly enjoy seeing where this podcast has gone. It's gone globally already. Some in Oceania and Australia, Israel, also in France, Germany, Lima, Peru, Laos, and the Philippines. Uh, there's quite a following in East Texas. I live in West Texas, no less. We've had some rain lately. That's been kind of nice. But I want to tell everyone of you, thank you. Please pass this around. Oh yeah, I've got people in Canada listening to That's kind of exciting. So, if you're out there, listen. Share this with your brothers and sisters, please. And I certainly look forward to talking to you all on the next podcast. Bless you and walk well. Take care.